If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Happy Thursday, and welcome here to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple with you every week here on Husker Online Headlines. And reminder, if you're not a member of HuskerOnline.com, Check us out. We got a great deal for you right now over at Husker Online. You can get two months of access for $1. That's the best deal you're going to find. It's for our YouTube viewers and podcast listeners only. Uh, simply use promo code NU1 to receive two months of Husker Online for $1. Um, but Steve Sipple, we're in the thick of the offseason. Yes. And headline one is it's going to be kind of a mash of Husker football offseason discussion mm-hmm. uh, tonight. You're going to be with me at St. Michael's, by the way. We'll, we'll have an event uh, with Evan Cooper. Um, we'll be there as well as Marcus Satterfield. Ed Foley's going to be there. Vince Ginta. Um, you'll get a chance, Sip, to meet some of the new transfer players. I'm excited about that as we'll see both Isaiah Naor and Jamal Banks for the first time, Dante Daldell and Stefan Thompson. So uh, that kind of headlines me off tonight, just the opportunity to kind of hear some stuff from the coaches tonight and get a chance to meet some of these newer players. Yeah, who are the speakers? Evan Cooper, okay, and Marcus Satterfield and Vince okay. Ginta with the recruiting. Okay, Vince is going to speak on the recruiting film. Okay, so we got a crowd of about five hundred people. Five hundred tickets already sold for tonight's event um, in, in Lincoln. So looking forward to that. But yeah, um, you know, with that said, that the staff is set for Nebraska, at least the full time ten. And you know, I think it kind of solidified itself. Number one. Glenn Thomas, we we talked to him Monday. We now know his contract details. We'll make eight hundred thousand as the co-offensive coordinator. Eight hundred thousand. Um, so two year deal, right? Two year, yeah. Uh, standardized two year deal. Um, the that brings the the assistant salary pool to just around six point eight million. Um, Matt Rule, when he took the job, was granted seven million, so he still remains under the cap. A year ago, he was far under the cap because mm-hmm. uh, Bob Wager was making three fifteen, um, and and now. Thomas will make eight hundred thousand, um, and then Raiola got a raise. Tony mm-hmm. White's received a raise, uh, and then Tony White. We learned the news this week. Yeah, um, you know the UCLA job moved fairly quickly, and they stayed in house with Deshaun Foster. Tony White had overtures this off season from San Diego State, okay. Syracuse, USC, UCLA, and it was kind of like the unicorn of jobs for Tony White. All four of those jobs made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll Nebraska is able to hold on to Tony White. They upped his pay six hundred thousand dollars over the offseason. Yeah, he had a you know, he had his, his defense was ranked number 11th nationally. So, I mean, he definitely earned a raise. Just to be clear, the USC job that was a defensive coordinator position, not the head coaching, which position. would have been probably similar pay to the one, 1. 1.6 he's getting. Now, USC doesn't list their um salaries. The interesting thing to me, anyway 
is you never know what to believe when you're reading about coaching searches. And I got to be honest, Sean, I probably didn't take this white to UCLA possibility seriously enough after hearing Matt rule on Tuesday night on statewide radio. I mean, he, he talked to the UCLA, UCLA AD, Martin Jarman, Martin Jarmond is the AD and he called rule. It was, I mean, that indicates a level of seriousness and rule had the quote that I'm sitting here in February, wondering, wondering, wondering if I'm going to lose my defensive coordinator so it got serious, obviously. I mean, there's no – I don't think Rule would say, I'm sitting here in February worried about losing my defensive coordinator if there wasn't a level of seriousness. And then when you look at who they hired, Deshaun Foster, a running backs coach with no coordinator experience whatsoever, you would say White's, White's probably got a better resume. I mean, Deshaun Foster made $385,000 at UCLA last year. Yeah. I mean that that's like making a hundred thousand in Lincoln, Nebraska. By the way, right? So why so White's resume is probably better. That doesn't mean you, you don't pick coaches just straight up on comparing resumes. I know that it's a nuanced conversation, and the nuance in this case was the players made it very clear to the AD at UCLA that they wanted Deshaun Foster. The players, I think, my read is the players in this day and age have more say than I can why well, ever than they've ever had in these coaching hires. Trent Bray wouldn't be the Oregon State head coach if the players didn't come. Sharon Moore, Michigan. Sharon Moore, exactly. Like five years ago, if Jim Harbaugh left Michigan, would they have gone to Sharon Moore? It's hard to say. But uh, he, his chances would have been less, less. Now, Ryan Day is an example, you know, and, and it's the Ryan Day, Urban Meyer is the Tom Osborne kind of Frank Solich model, the Bob Devaney, yep. the Tom Osborne model where yep. – Yep. You have an established system with coaches in place. You don't want to blow that up. Alabama blew it up, and we've seen their roster blow up in the process. Yeah. Washington has blown it up. We've seen their roster blow mm -hmm. up. They can more afford it, too, than a place like Nebraska or UCLA. Washington, though? Well, it's a good point. I mean, they're, you saw that fan duel over-under is the same as Nebraska's. They, and they played for the national championship. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, yeah. I guess Alabama's more so, Michigan's more so than Washington's. But but a place like UCLA, if you blow that roster up, <laughs> it's going to be really difficult because they don't have NIL money. They are Their NIL war chest is less than a million dollars. It's, you know, it's six figures. According to a report from The Athletic. Yeah, yeah, according to The Athletic. So how do you build a roster? You can't. Quick. How do you build a roster quick? I mean, to put that in perspective – like Stefan Wynn, when Nebraska brought him in, I'm fairly confident that was a six figure roster acquisition. Yeah. And that was a, that was a, and that, that, was, that a, was a reserve defensive line. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, like, so imagine having to find 20 players of that caliber. Yeah. Exactly. For, well, right now, UCLA couldn't do it. So if you're Martin Jarman, their AD, you're looking at the situation saying, I don't think we can literally, we literally can't afford to do that. We got to hire the guy. We got to probably hire the guy the players want. And I think now going forward, it's so important for every team in college football to make sure there's another guy on their staff. Yeah. That's capable. Good point. Like Sean. Tony White, not saying Matt Rule's leaving Nebraska, but if no. Matt Rule, something ever happened and Penn State opened and you went yeah. to Penn State or yeah. something like that, mm -hmm. I mean, that would, you know, he's an all, he played it. Great Penn point. State. Yeah. All of a sudden, you have a guy right now in Tony White. Yeah. That would make sense. Better have a guy ready. I mean, there's a guy in Lawrence, Kansas that makes sense. I mean, but again, 
like with the way rosters blow up quickly in mm-hmm. the NIL collect, it's important that your collective is on the same page with everybody too. Oh yeah. They control the paychecks. God, it's interesting when you get to talking about it. It's really interesting. The NIL piece is critical. And what you said is critical too. You better have a guy in the staff that can do it, you know, and with Deshaun Foster, you don't know. You don't know if he can't, but you sure don't know if he can. He's never done it. Like Washington chose not to give the job to Will Grubb. Mm-hmm. And then Grubb went to Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. um, to be offensive coordinator and left already to go back to Seattle. Okay. To be the Seahawks OC. Seahawks, yeah. The same job that Chip Kelly looked at. Mm-hmm. Now Chip Kelly's at Ohio State. Yeah. It's really interesting, isn't it? Georgia State, by the way, lost their head coach to be a Power Five assistant. So you're seeing that more and more now. I mean, North Dakota State's head coach is now a, not a coordinator, an assistant at USC. Um, <laughs> you're seeing head coaches at high group of five and FCS, FCS jobs leaving that job to be a power five assistant, not even a coordinator. Well, because because there's the, more money. The mo- I mean, when you can make eight hundred thousand dollars as a quarterbacks coach non-play calling quarterbacks coach mm-hmm. i mean yeah it's probably pretty appealing right yeah <laughs> interesting sean um and then a couple of roster things one roster thing uh, Corey collier um moved on this week and my understanding he's not been on the roster for over a week now maybe nine days Corey collier there's a name and i think it it's he's not necessarily the story to me it's just more this is going to happen more and more when you know the, you kind of bring in these players on a flyer and don't have a great relationship with them mm-hmm. some are going to work out and some are not right he was cl- i mean he got kind of close now if you look at collier's career he played two years at florida i'm not saying he's a bad player but he played two years at florida and never registered in one year yeah never really made a dent and then he came here and never made a tackle got in five games never made a he stop. started the spring game that always got my attention it that, did like when they technically had a one defense he started the spring game but it, i'll tell you three things happened Deshaun Singleton. That happened. He got going. That happened. Omar Brown. That happened. Took a step forward. Mm-hmm. And then Tommy Hill, obviously, on the back end, kind of helped move things around. Then Marquise Buford came back. Yeah. Four um, things. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, all those pieces kind of improved, and he wasn't able to beat those guys out. Um, he's a double transfer. Um, this is not one of those, since Matt Rule signed him, I don't think technically Matt Rule, can they can offer him the retirement package. So, he's okay. not in the portal yet. So he um, moves on. He moves on. Uh, but I think you're just going to see a lot of that all the time in college football. Now, when you kind of do a speed, when, you, when you're in a situation like Nebraska was in year one, kind of a speed dating recruiting, <laughs> um, you know, some are going to work out. Yeah. Some aren't. You know? Yeah, it's kind of like, I, I, this is sort of harsh, but I, I, the way the rosters change now, it's kind of like Y League basketball. It's just let's get a group of guys together and see if we can make this work. You know, and it changes. It changes season to season. Corey's good looking. He runs. He he's got let's long length. He's from Florida. He's yeah. from Miami. Yeah. Let's, bring, I mean, let's face it. He could play a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he'll find something somewhere. I think so. Yeah. It just didn't work out here. And yeah. I mean, they they took Steve Sippel ten defensive backs on the <laughs> roster. I know. I know. Nine freshmen and one transfer, Bly Hill. Mm-hmm. So, you do the math. That's a lot. I mean, they they essentially signed a basketball team in the secondary. 10 players. Yeah. And no, some of those guys can move, but, um, and then they also probably would be a good basketball team too. <laughs> yeah. The only other, we're talking about nuts and bolts. A rule was on radio on Tuesday and he talked about the 11 a.m. kickoff for the spring game and how that'll be a Husker 
day for athletics, I guess, where the game, the spring game is at 11 a.m. You have softball, and baseball. He talked about talking, taking recruits to the softball, baseball, and all that. Um, he 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 was seemed enthusiastic about it. It was his call. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure he had to sign off on it. Um, so that there you go. Um, well, that'll be a quick in and out for us, but it'll be a it'll be a big recruiting day for for him. sure. Hi, Sean Callahan here with the Husker Online Show. I want to tell you more about Prize Picks. It is America's number one daily fantasy sports app. They have over three million members, and it is so easy and fun to get hooked into Prize Picks. You simply just pick between two or six players and their stat projections, and you say more or less, and you compare those together. And you can turn $20 into $100. I mean, there are a lot of different combinations. Uh, if you pick three players, four players, five players, whatever the combination is, Prize Pick has it. And it's not just sports like football and basketball. You can delve into just about anything. And it just makes watching the games a lot more fun as you dig in to some of these different stat projections that Prize Picks offers. And we've got a great special here for our Husker Online listeners here. Just simply go to prizepicks.com slash Husker. Use promo code Husker and you'll receive a first deposit match of $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Husker. Code Husker for that first deposit match of $100. Thanks to Price Picks for sponsoring us here on the Husker Online Show. And you said, speaking of nuts and bolts, takes me to my segue here before we get to head to number two. I mean, I, Sean, all those years of radio, you've really mastered the, uh, the segue. Uh, Sometimes you just fall into it. Sean. This headline on Husker Online headlines brought to you by our friends at nuts.com. Uh, we've been with nuts.com here on Husker Online since last fall. Absolutely blown away by the products, everything they have to offer. And it's not just nuts. I mean, they have several pantry staples, um, you know, different candies, chocolates, butter, toffee, pecans, pecan, brittle, you name it. Um, they've got tons of great things that you can order on nuts.com. And the prices are outstanding. It's, you know, you're not overpaying for this product. They have a lot of things on there. Uh, we got a Christmas basket actually over the holidays here, and this thing lasted us for several weeks. It did. Um, it was it was excellent. There was few. I mean, it was in, it was interesting. It was an interesting mix. I mentioned the apricots. Like forty different things in there. Yeah, the dried apricots are were memorable for sure um, and good. It was pretty actually. In some ways, it was healthy too. But yeah, we we attacked we attacked it pretty good. God, I mean, the cashews were ridiculous. Whew. Well, and and guess what? Um, they're going to give you a free gift at nuts.com if you take advantage of the offer we have here. Uh, go to nuts.com/husker and you'll spend $29 and they'll give you free shipping and they're going to throw in a free gift, which I believe is actually a free bag of cashews. Oh, that's a good deal. So they're going to give you a free bag uh, or free gift, free shipping. Just spend $29 and you can get three or four items, 29 bucks, free shipping. They'll throw in a free bag of cashews as well. That's nuts.com slash Husker. Thanks again to nuts.com for sponsoring us here on Husker Online Headlines. Let's take it to headline number two. ESPN will control the college football playoff through 2031-32 as um, it was announced this week. Um, actually, The Athletic reported it. It's not been, it's not been finalized. finalized, but... Um, it sounds like there were no other bidders, which is kind of surprising. Um, they're getting at, at what appears to be a good price, $1.6 per year 
Um, industry experts thought that it was valued at more 1.9 billion, uh, which leads you to believe maybe there wasn't the market of bidders. Um, what I do find interesting though is ESPN will control the championship, and if you're a fan of the Big Ten, you know, it kind of gets your attention because guess who's not a part of ESPN at all? The Big Ten. Yeah, Tony Petiti better watch that. Right. This is the time. This is an interesting time of year um, because we we talk about all these. I, I, when I you know in show preparation, you read these articles. <laughs> It's, it's such a weird, like college football to me is so odd. I mean, you read about the college football management committee that's meeting, then the board of manager. Oh, I think it's the managers that vote first on the format and on the college football format, which hasn't been finalized, by the way. But the board of managers have to vote on it. Then it goes to the management committee. There's the college football commissioners that are involved. There's the college presidents. I mean, I guess the college football. Ball playoff executive director still Bill Hancock. I think that's changed. for now. For now, the Air yeah. Force uh, AD. It's, yeah, it's these these articles come off. They're so weird to me because there's all these boards and management teams and advisory boards. There are so many people involved that it's incredible. Well, when there's seven point eight billion dollars, yeah, there's a lot of money to go around. A lot of people are trying to get their hands. In. So yeah, the playoff. It's going so I mean, I think Sean, if you walked over into the Haymarket and asked 20 people, what's the format for the college football playoff in 2024? I wonder how many people would know. It's it's gonna it, they're gonna vote for what's it what is it, Sean? The five conference champions plus seven the next seven yeah, highest and, ranked teams. The, the next sense, seven highest ranked teams. Because there's no more Pac 12. So the power five is done. And there's, there's still a Pac-12. It's just the Pac-2. Yeah, but they're not going to be recognized. They vote. They're not going to be recognized, though, as a conference champion. No. Um, they'll be lumped in with the Mountain West. But, I mean, our independent, everyone is spinning. But I, the, 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 the <laughs> four, really knows, the so. four power leagues, the Big yeah. Ten, mm -hmm. the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC, the league winner will get a bye. So there is a lot of incentive to win your conference championship in the new playoff system mm -hmm. because you don't have to play an opening round game. Um, okay. And then essentially at that point, then the other highest ranked conference champion, which would probably be the group of five team. Right. They, they could be, they'll, they'll probably be seated like the 12th or the 11th seat in the 12 team. Then, then it's the seven to fill it out. It's the seven next highest ranked team. And that's where the sec, <laughs> And the Big Ten could theoretically, I mean, they could get as many as five of those spots. Yes. I mean, they're probably going to get they're ranked that high. They're probably going to get four of them. See, it gets really, it gets really interesting, right? Because Tony Petiti's talking about he wants to have Tony Petiti said something interesting to Adam Rittenberg. He wants to have meaningful late November games in the Big Ten. But but he said in doing so, you might get a team knocked out. Or you get a team that loses its fourth game and could still be in the playoff somehow four four lost team in the playoff. If it's ranked high enough, I guess. So yeah, it's, I think if you're a Nebraska fan, you would want the five, what they call it, five plus seven, as opposed to the six plus six, because then there's only six at large bids. If you're in Nebraska right now, you want as many at large bids as possible, right? You don't want the six plus six. Like the Big Ten will get three every year, more than likely, and four could happen. Yeah. 
And the SEC is saying the same thing. We're going to get three every year. Four could happen. Yeah. Um, you know, so that will be something to watch going forward. You know, the thing I would have liked to have seen, and clearly it just didn't happen, but I would have liked to have seen multiple broadcast partners a part of the playoff where kind of like the NFL when Fox, CBS, ABC, ESPN, okay. NBC, unlike wild card weekend, everybody gets a game. Mm-hmm. Like why, you know, why is ESPN controlled? Why, why does ESPN get all the games? It, it'd be like NFL playoffs. CBS got every playoff game. And, you know, why weren't they able to get That's it? That's interesting. Yeah. But it just tells you maybe the ratings aren't there to overpay. I, I don't know why. Um, Cause it would have made a lot of sense to have Fox for sure. Fox involved, like where you do a rotation yep. of things, but ESPN has such an inside knowledge of all this already that they know what they're doing. I'm sure when they've kind of bid this out and there is a chance that ESPN could sublease their inventory. So what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? If ESPN's having some money problems and wants to maybe make some money, they could sublease the property to Fox okay. and Fox could get a playoff game or NBC could get a playoff game. Those networks would have to pay ESPN money though. Uh, to pick up some of that inventory. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, all this aside and all my cynicism aside, the 12-team playoff should be wildly popular, right? I mean, you're going to have first-round games on campus, which will be incredible. So I'm looking forward to I really am. And they preserve the New Year's Six Bowl games in the playoff. Within the playoff And that was the key because the New Year's Six Bowl games, like it or not, they are the mafia of college football. The Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Those guys run stuff. Don't and don't act like they don't because they do. The Rose Bowl, like executive director. I mean, president. they call the shots. <laughs> some of them. Some of the well, shots. No, I mean the Rose the Rose Bowl. And there's there, a lot of people calling fi- the shots. Their shot. fixation of being locked in at <laughs> three o'clock on New Year's Day, come hell or high water, was a big snag in everything. I'm not arguing with you. It's just interesting when you say they call the shots. There's a lot of people that call the shots well, in college football. Those bowl games were around before the championship and the playoff ever existed. Mm-hmm. Those were the championships, so they still have a huge voice. Just in, think, yeah, go ahead. In the tradition and the history, so they were no able, doubt they were able to preserve those six bowl games as quarterfinals and semifinals. And I believe the Rose Bowl will always just be January one. They're not interested in moving it on a different day. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, they, 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 cause that parade, they don't, they don't want to move. I mean, the Rose bowl parade and the game, it, it's so synonymous together. God, and it was beautiful this year, Alabama and Michigan in the Rose bowl. It was in the scene, you know, you're watching on a big screen TV and it's just beautiful. I mean, I, I can't, I'm 58. I've seen all the 57 and I, I think I'm 57 and I've seen these, these games throughout the years and they still make a huge impression on me. And the, and, and again, you got to cast aside all your cynicism about the way college football has become. And just think about what that 12 team playoff is going to look like. Right. Fun. That will, and they figured it out. There's going to be home sites. Yeah. There's going to be bowl game sites. And then there's going to be the national championship game site. So it's going to be cool when it's all said and done. It will be ESPN will be the controlling kind of body of all this. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. Hi, Sean Callahan with the Husker Online Show. So what are Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone, 
I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off, and they must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Moving forward. Okay, let's take it to headline number three. Husker basketball got some big schedule breaks here down the stretch. Um, first of all, when you look sip at mm -hmm. that final stretch of games, there is no Wisconsin or Purdue or Northwestern or Michigan State or Illinois down the stretch. And their road games, I think particularly where we know Nebraska has not been a good road game team, um, Ohio State on the road, all of a sudden that becomes a lot more manageable. Chris Holtman was fired. I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think so. You never know. I, I was thinking about that driving over. My first impression is, yeah, it'll be easier. Maybe they didn't play for Holtman, though. Maybe they'll play better for them. Yeah, but what happens when um, a new coach comes in in college basketball? Every player goes on the portal. True, so they'll start looking around. So a lot of those guys are going to have a foot out the door. They're probably <laughs> being tampered with as we speak. <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> Got to love that, right? Michigan. They're probably being well, tampered with as we speak. And, you know, I don't know True. what's going to happen with Juwan Howard. Could get fired. That or just leave to go to the NBA, but that that picture doesn't look good right now. No, and you know where his whole tenure changed? Where when he got in that little scuffle with Greg Gard? Ooh, yeah. I feel like Juwan Howard has not been the same mm -hmm. since that moment. I think he had some health problems. He's had, he's had health problems. You're right, no doubt. But that Greg Gard moment where that wasn't he, good. I mean, where he <laughs> there's like a fight. It was, it was not good. How scared would you be if Juwan? I mean, Juwan Howard is from Chicago. Yeah, like, it wouldn't be pretty. Guard, guard seemed to handle it okay, though. Like, would you, you would stand your ground, though. You would. Have, I know you well enough to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but I. Yeah, you're right about the schedule. I mean, come on, they got they caught. A break. And then Indiana. I mean, yeah. It, if they don't make the tournament, is he around? And they're not making the tournament, by the way. Yeah, Woodson. Um, is he around? Have to look into it a little bit more. But those those are think about that. Think about Michigan and Ohio State being bottom feeders in the Big Ten. That's really odd. They had to get rid of Holtman. They did. And man, just switching gears a little bit. If you look at the list of candidates, possible candidates that are being bandied about, I was reading the Columbus Post Dispatch a little bit. Um, man, there's good candidates, really good candidates, and one's right down the road here. It's you know, an attractive job, too, because brand-new president at Ohio State, our friend Ted Carter. Yes, the admiral. And a new um, athletic director, Ross Bjork. So coming in. Whoever gets that job knows they're coming in on the front end of a new president and a new AD. Yep, and, and, and there's a lot of money, and the brand's good. So Greg McDermott is getting – listen, Greg McDermott, they, they – I don't know. All, all, all I'm going to say is this Gene Smith, before they hired Holtman, Flew a private jet to meet with McDermott. McDermott turned it down. Yeah, McDermott. I mean, that, that was my understanding. Yeah. So who, would he turn it down again um, if if given a chance? Because Creighton doesn't have Bruce Rasmussen anymore. Right. Good point. They have a newer president, newer yeah. AD. Good point, Sean. So it, it's a different lay of the land. I mean, Rasmussen was the, the steady hand at Creighton for years. Oh, 100%. One of the most respected men in Omaha. when he in, walked in, in college basketball. Like just, and he is a. He, I've met him over the years. He, he is a first class individual. Yeah, he was a, he was on the NCAA tournament selection committee, very well respected throughout college basketball. McDermott is in his 14th season at Creighton. He's he would be a very very strong hire. He's 59 years old. 
people some people might say why why would he why would he leave better brand new challenge ohio state's a bigger brand big ten's a, a, i mean the big east is really good big ten's is still a bigger brand i i wonder about it i just wonder <laughs> the other thing you wonder is so they fire holdman with six games left in the season it's early you're going to be talking to a lot of these guys during the season and so it might I wonder if they can keep it under wraps. I don't understand the urgency of why they had to do it now. You might understand it because we just mentioned Michigan and Indiana. Maybe they wanted to get a jump, right? Maybe they think maybe they think Michigan's going to open. Um, that Nebraska you, game for Michigan that that did not look good for them. No, it, Sean, I mean, it looked awful. They're down. Michigan was down forty-three to thirteen. When Toman, I, I was reading the comments on the Wolverine, which is the on three Michigan board, and they were like, "This is like." peak all-time low just the way tomonaga was kind of just heat checking them with threes heat and checking yeah shooting like i don't know off the one foot it was it was a bad i'm so it was a bad look for juan howard great look for nebraska i mean this that's you know you've said it i think other people say it. nebraska's like a top 10 team in pba in in and that's they look like a it's top a hornet's 10 team. nest to go in there. Yeah, they look like a top ten team. So who are some other names? McDermott um, is a great name. A great name is Dusty May at Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, Sean, you don't you don't fall college basketball at <laughs> but Final Four team last year. Florida Atlantic, thirty five and four last year, nineteen and is five. Devries on that list from Drake. Or oh, he would not be on the uh, for Ohio State. He might but be, he would be for Iowa. Creighton or Iowa or Iowa. Yeah, I don't think DeVries – I no, he's not on any list I've seen, but if McDermott leaves, who's the yeah. Creighton coach? Well, Marcus Blossom, the, is that their AD at Creighton, I believe? I think so. Um, he's going to have his own – I mean, he's not connected to, like – True, but wouldn't DeVries make a lot of sense? That's who probably the people would want. Drake. And his son's finishing up at Drake here. Uh, McDermott, Nate Oates is mentioned and of course buzz williams god he leaves all the time yeah bro ross bjork was the ad at a and m buzz williams is at a and m uh buzz williams has been to three sweet sweet 16s with two different teams and he took or probably three different teams because he took virginia tech no two different virginia tech and marquette he took marquette to the elite eight so buzz williams would make sense if i if it, if it were me it would be either mcdermott or dusty may that's who i'd go go with that's who I'd lock in on, McDermott or Dusty May. So that's something to watch. That Ohio oh, one other Lamont Paris at South Carolina. Lamont Paris has ties, Ohio ties. Ohio, I think he's yeah, I think he has some Ohio State ties. Lamont Paris is at oh he's, no, he's a former Wisconsin assistant. He's twenty one and three at South Carolina. Twenty one and three. You are brushed up on. I mean, do you work for the fan in uh, Columbus, Ohio, or the ticket in Lincoln, Nebraska? Because you're, you're brushed up on Ohio State's coaching. Search. I am really you, interested in it. You doing some filling hosting at the fan in Columbus? <laughs> I'm really interested because it's a big time program that should be good, and they they will. And you know, it's a hire that could affect our little world here. Um, because if McDermott leaves, I think Fred would be happy. Um, Trev probably would be too. <laughs> Penn, yeah, Penn State. Be. Let's get to Saturday. 11 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 11 a.m. game hoops. here. Um, teams had the week off, mm-hmm. so that's the first time they've had that all season. Yeah. But at home, it's just so hard to see Nebraska not coming out ready to roll because that <laughs> crowd won't let them play bad at home. I mean, the Creighton game's the outlier of the group, but they've played so well at home, and then they got to go on the road, Indiana. 
and they're back home again, Minnesota on a Sunday, mm-hmm. which Nebraska seems to be the king of those like five thirty at night Sunday games. Yeah, the yeah, and the, I, I'm Penn State will be much. I think they'll be much better in Michigan, but you just feel so good with the way Nebraska plays at home. Um, in Nebraska, I I say it all the time. They're dangerous. They're very dangerous. They're dangerous on the road. I don't totally get into the oh they're terrible on the road. They weren't terrible at Illinois. There there haven't been terrible. They weren't terrible at Rutgers. They lost in overtime. The Illinois game is what swung me because they played really well against a team I think is really good in an environment that's really tough. Nebraska is a good team. You don't get up forty three to thirteen against any Power Five team without being really good. They they are a they are a very I mean dangerous shooting team. There you see one guy right there, Welcher, dangerous shooter. Casey's a dangerous shooter. Rink is a dangerous three point shooter. Williams, Bryce, dangerous three point shooter. They got guys. They they bring Sam off Sam Koiberg off the bench. He's a tough player. You can't you can't say anything at this point other than Hoiberg's really valuable. So they're he he they're gonna bring so much day. energy to the arena. Yeah, he does. He does. He really does. It would shock me if they lose to Penn State. I wouldn't even know what to think if they lost to Penn State. All right. Uh, let's go headline number four. And What's I'm, that, Sean? I'm going to shift gears to some volleyball here because there's a few things. Oh, know. my God. Um, the power of Nebraska volleyball. Team USA may be moving their entire operation to Gretna. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it? think about that. Like, I have. It's amazing. Like, Team USA could just leave the Southern California area, which John Cook called the current facilities abysmal. He did. They're in Anaheim. Uh, yeah. He said the USA volleyball facilities. Yeah. Ab- abysmal shocking in California. Something's abysmal. Now, Rod Yates, the developer of the Nebraska crossing, who's also the primary NIL supporter of Husker volleyball, Rod Yates um, with his fight. He gave $5 million for Husker volleyball. That's right. And so you have to think, he kind of had a master plan of, you know, getting behind Nebraska volleyball, getting things rolling the year they've had. Now let's go for this. And John Cook's clearly heavily involved in this as well. Because talk about the ultimate coup, the USA volleyball operation, their entire staff, training facilities, players would, Trainers, live, yeah. would live in Gretna. Yeah, it would be. I mean, and it's close too. I mean, according to the news reports you saw, I saw, I mean, it's this deal is close to being done. So yeah, all just all. I for me, it was out of the blue. I had no idea they were talking. To like I, I thought, Luann Linehan's quote was really telling. She's like, "Look, this land's going to get developed no matter what. Do we want ten truck stops and strip malls or this?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I think not a bad point. We don't need like five more big truck stops there." Mm-hmm. So this is what we're people. What people for the uninitiated, we're talking about. Nebraska crossing that shopping center, that area between Omaha and Lincoln. So it's kind of a perfect area. And, and, you know, there, there was an outlet mall there for years and that original concept went dead. And then Rod Yates and that group have developed that thing into a very, very nice area there. And, and this is, there's a, there's a way to do this that you would be more in tune with than me using sale tax sales tax to incentivize these operations uh, to build housing and housing. And yeah. So yeah, monster development. Well, and think about like if Team USA, you know, starts playing, then they would say, all right, we're gonna have exhibition game or our primary home for exhibition competition is gonna be in Omaha. Yeah, I mean that would make sense. I mean, yeah, this is, I mean the because 
okay, so Cook did something very smart, brings members of USA Volleyball to what? Volleyball Day in Nebraska, which drew 92,000 people. I'm sure that sell, sold them pretty well. Again, I fully expect it to happen. So Nebraska Volleyball benefits. I mean, it benefits in ta- in intangible ways, but it it benefits. You're going to have a hundred of the best players training right down the road. Well, if John Cook ever retired as a coach at Nebraska, I'm guessing there'd be a nice job for him as well with Team USA and Gretna. It'd yeah. be a pretty good fit pretty for much him. Whatever he wants, probably. he can do whatever he wants. You're right. Yeah. I mean, he almost could have been the AD at Nebraska if he wanted. He could have done about I think anything. He could have. I think he might have wanted that. Um, but they definitely talked to him. Yeah. The the schedule also came out for 2024. 2024 um, for Nebraska with the new teams in the Big Ten. Um, the two plays, the teams that Nebraska will play twice, Wisconsin, uh, which makes sense uh, for the value of that matchup, Iowa and Illinois. So Nebraska will play those two teams twice. Um, coming into the Devaney Center, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Purdue, Rutgers, UCLA, and USC. Okay. Um, so I'd imagine UCLA and USC would be like on the same weekend. I'm my guess is they'll travel and play Iowa, Nebraska on like a, on the same weekend. Huskers will go on the road to Maryland, Michigan State, Northwestern, Oregon, Ohio State, Penn State, and Washington. And tell you what, that Big Ten, it's going to be brutal, that schedule. Um, well, with, the Big Ten always is. I mean, it got even harder uh, with, with those teams that they've added to this conference. But um, let's take it into our final headline of the show. Headline number five. Husker baseball season mm. is upon us, Steve Sipple, mm-hmm. and the Huskers are going to play um, in the Dallas area in Arlington. Uh, they, they're going to take on some elite competition, and this has kind of been what they've done a lot over the years. They 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 kind of they kind of play above their weight class early to kind of see how they can hang, and then you know so it's hard to have big expectations. They open with Baylor, mm-hmm. number twenty one Texas Tech on Saturday, and then Oklahoma on Sunday. Um, so they'll play three games at the Shriners Classic College Showdown at Globe Life Field, and then they'll come back and play third. They'll play the next week um, a four-game series in Phoenix against Grand Canyon. So the thing you re- look at right away in trying to evaluate a team is its pitching, in my opinion. And Nebraska's strength as a pitching staff, Sean, looks like the bullpen to me. Now, what are those starters? How are they going to look right out of the gate? I mean, you have – these are the names to remember, okay? Right-hander Brett Sears, um, who turns 24 in May. I mean, this is a this is an older gentleman. Um, 529 ERA last year, though. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, kind of an unknown is, is Brett Sears in terms of being your, you know, your Friday night starter. Will Welsh is a lefty. He'll start against Texas Tech. Um He's the second starter, 424 ERA last year. He was a Sunday starter for part of the season last year. And then another left-hander, Caleb Clark, is the third starter. And he's, hey, Sean, all these guys pretty much got the this got into the starting rotation based on off-season performance. Caleb Clark had a 13.24 ERA last year. He didn't get it based on what he did last year. Um in 17 innings. So then then there's true Christo who's not in the rotation but is is in the mix. Big right. You're really banking on the Childers factor right now. Oh yes you are. Like, good point. You're hoping that good point. The magic Java yeah. Chamberlain wand of 06 just kind of hits a couple of these kids. 
That'd be great. That'd be, no, that's a good point, by the I way. I mean, you, you you trust Childress, right? Like, you're bringing in one of, I mean, you think about, like, when Childress got to A&M, now, Clayton Kershaw never ended up coming, but his, like, initial group of pitchers he signed at A&M were Clayton Kershaw and Michael Walker. <laughs> good God. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He does. So, that's a good point. You, you that, that helps. Now, Will Bolt, the Nebraska head coach, Nebraska's missed the NCAA tournament the last two years. I'm not saying there's a lot of pressure on him, but um, it'd be good to get back in the tournament. His his Big Ten records, 56 and 35, which is, you know, that's 615. That's not bad. That's a 615. It, it's win those percentage. midweek games. Like, yeah, that, those have hurt. A you bit. have these, you have to dance with that RPI every year. Yeah. And when you lose to like North Dakota State yeah. on a Tuesday, yeah, don't lose it that. just destroys you. Don't like, I mean, that, that's like they have to, I mean, the Van Horn teams, like you knew they were going to win those games, like by a lot, and they would develop and play a lot of players. Or yeah. here, like recently, those games have been you know a little too close, right? Nail, nail biters, yeah, and a little too close. And they don't have the type of team here. It doesn't look like Sean that they're that they're a dominant type that they're going to go dominate many people. They they return one. They re, Cole Evans is the team's only returning three hundred hitter. That hit for that 300 for Nebraska last year. Cole Evans is a good player. The lineup, I looked at the lineup, the projected lineup, um, and it is okay. I mean, it's fine. It's it, it they're picked Nebraska's picked fifth in the Big Ten. Let's, so that, Nebraska had fifth. three players on the Big Ten watch list: Dylan Carey, Gabe Swanson, and Will Walsh. Dylan Carey, those Gabe are Swanson on paper, Walsh. they're three top players, but the Huskers were picked. In the official coaches poll, they were picked fifth. Okay. Teams ahead of them, Iowa, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers. Guess who plays all four of those teams in the weekend series this year? Really? Nebraska. Okay, good. So they will play good. a series. I mean, it's so the, that's going to be telling too because what will their record be in those 12 games will be kind of how their season is defined because they have three-game series against Iowa, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers. Now, Michigan's picked six. They don't play the Wolverines. Okay. So, yeah, it all starts off in Arlington, Texas this weekend. So they play, again, to repeat, Baylor on Friday, Texas Tech on Saturday, and OU, I think, on Sunday. So those are the teams. Now, they do have Big Ten series with Northwestern and Minnesota. And you you would like – I mean, those are sweep opportunities. I mean, unless those teams have just decided to sign a bunch of new players we don't know about. But last year, those two teams are obviously – Two of the worst in, in college baseball. Well, Northwestern had some problems. <laughs> they fired their half the staff before the season. They had like a student coach, pretty much. <laughs> well, not really. No, but. no. But well, they had like, maybe assistants. They had that going on, but it was a mess. Northwestern was God, a, Northwestern their whole year last year. <laughs> some mess. Well, and that thing with Fitzgerald that that yeah. that's going on. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, if they settle out of court, I think they'll end up settling. Is my guess. Oh yeah, he'll he'll. He's gonna get a lot of money. Yeah, millions, millions. And then he'll be coaching somewhere. Yeah, I'd, I'd say minimum of ten million dollars is what he'll get. I think he's asking for one twenty. Don't quote me on that on a podcast. I wonder what kind of job Fitzgerald would want to get into if he want to be like a like a head coach again if you get it, or just be like a coordinator or somebody. I would guess head coach. I mean, I he's he he doesn't strike me as a guy who wants to work for anybody. He's a, and he was. I mean, he was pretty good. It got he it, it got out of hand, and I'm not even talking about the controversy. I'm talking about they didn't they weren't winning games with him at the end. 
So, but he left, he must've left them in pretty good shape because they were pretty good this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now we turned our baseball conversation into, into a, a Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald conversation. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, baseball. It's kind of nice that baseball's starting. Yeah, and softball. Jordy Ball obviously out for the year, ACL. So big, big change of that season. Um, They'll be in New Mexico this weekend. Uh, so they have some games in New Mexico. It's it'll be interesting to see what the level of interest is like now compared to what it would have been. You hope I don't know. It it's, it just can't be as much, right? No, I mean you you lose kind of like your lead actor, and what to, what to expect from them now? I'd still expect they've been you know Nebraska softball's been to NCAA regionals each of the last two years. I think they're good enough to get back. Again, when you look at softball, you look at baseball, you look at pitching, and I you know we'll just have to see how what they have on the mound now. Husker basketball loses on the women's side. Um, Ohio State handled them on the road, by the way, this week on that end. And, you know, coming off that Iowa win Sunday. So kind of an up and down week where they knocked off number two Iowa, but then a top 10 team in Ohio State beat them by, you know, over 30 points. Oh, they did. Yeah, it was like 80 to 47. I mean, it was like, (laughs) it was a blowout. (laughs) That's a tough thing to come off of playing Iowa. Um, But that was, that was memorable. That was memorable. Let me get that score correct here. Um, yeah, get the Ohio State score. How am I? Where am I at here? Women's basketball. Where's the scores at? Yeah, they lost eighty to forty-seven. <laughs> ouch. So thirty-three points. Yeah, ouch. But um, still, great win against Iowa and Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark had thirty-one points. Needs, I think, needs eight to set the all-time and scoring record. They have a favorable four-game stretch: Purdue, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois. Yeah, it's favorable. So they they no ranked teams. So over their final four games, they could they could go three and one, four and zero, um, and, and they're going to get in the tournament. Looks like it. They, they I mean, they are. Yeah, they're 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 net rankings in the top thirty. So yeah, it looks like it. Lots to keep up on HuskerOnline.com. It's kind of that time of the year where well, we end that spring football. There's always that time of year where you have March Madness, spring football, baseball, softball, all at one time. We're not there yet, but we're close. Mm-hmm. Spring um, football starts what March twenty four. March 24th on Sunday. March 24th is what we're marching towards. But I will see you I tonight at, at St. Michael's. Yeah, probably. You better be there. I'll try. All right. Uh, that's a that's a now you're now you're giving me some bad vibes. <laughs> <Don't talk. laughs> we'll talk about that. All up right. There, Sean. Um, you look good in your sweater, though. I wanted to say that. Make sure you stay on huskarline.com. Take advantage of our great special. Two months for one dollar. Promo code in you one. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan signing off for another edition of Husker Online Headlines.